From the studios of Teeing It Up, Swamps of Jersey and Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Week 14 of the National Football League season. Luke Morrow is with us. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what do you want to know about being a Jet fan? <laughs> I, I mean, where do... Cause we have to bring this game up because of Seattle. Seattle gets upset by the Giants. The Giants move into uh, first place. Seattle drops, which is good news for your Vikings, which we'll get to in a second. And now the Jets go out there. Long flight. So instead of Seattle coming east, now it's the Jets flying west. Uh, but the Jets obviously have problems, including the fact that they made the stupidest per both the eye test and historical stats since next generation analytic football stats were kept. So what do you want to know about life as a Jet fan, Luke? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Because he's um, the host of the Morrow Midday Show on ESPN Radio Charleston, 98.9 FM, charlestonsportsradio.com, weekdays 12 to 3. I'm on every Wednesday at 1 to talk football. So was, uh, sorry, talk golf. It turned into football talk this past week um, with how I viewed the last play. But what do you want to know as a Jet fan? Yeah, you know, we talked about it on Wednesday, but that's what I find interesting about Jet fans this year is that even though it's been a winless season, it's also been kind of topsy-turvy in a few of these cases, at least recently, in terms of those Jets fans that may be divided. I think they even did a skit about this on Saturday Night Live last night about, yes. uh, you know, what what do you what the Jets fans want? Do you want to win? Do you want to lose? And when you have these games like last Sunday where it could go either way and it comes down to the end, uh, I'm intrigued by, I know where you stand, but in general, Jets fans, if you're happy or if you're heartbroken in a game like that last Sunday or these other games that have been closer, you've had a chance, there haven't been many of them, but, uh, and you don't know if you want to get that win or if you want to make sure you secure the number one pick. And here's... Uh, here's a great example that happened after our, our radio spot on Wednesday. Take what happened on Thursday Night Football and just eliminate the Patriots for a second and just insert the Jets. If we got dominated like that, that would be one thing, right? But I want these guys to win once. And I actually think Jacksonville can get another win. I really do. Which was my whole theory. They nearly upset your Vikings, which is my theory behind that was the game to win Vegas, West Coast. We went through this all last Sunday. So I think that there's a difference between losing ginormously and just being dominated and just flat out being a horrendous football team to you've got guys who played hard, who kept you in the game. The offense found a spark. Crowder was hot with those two first half touchdowns. And then you lose because of an idiot coach play. And as was pointed out by ESPN's Rich Cimini this morning, when you look back over the tape, not only was Adam Gase talking to an assistant coach, not only was Adam Gase not even aware of what the play call was, he was just chilling. I mean, he was literally just chilling. He totally took his eye off the ball. And what have we seen, Luke, time and time again, that with some teams, one-sided coaches do not do well. When... They have other duties besides being the head coach. And I think that's what befell the Jets and Adam Gase last Sunday. Not only did Greg Williams make the most idiotic call in recent football history, 
but he also took his eyes literally off the field, and that's something a head coach can't do. Yeah, uh, certainly. I know Greg Williams, uh, you know, is a fall guy, and rightfully so, but I'm with you. Uh, I mean, who are you talking to at that point, and how are you not in the moment that you can react quick enough when you hear over your headset what the play call is to be able to call a timeout? Uh, yes, I mean, it's the final play, or, or, or I mean, essentially, for all intents and purposes, it could be the final play of the game, should have been the final play of the game, right? Like, who are you talking to? Uh, so it was just a failure on, on all sides. Really is. Let's uh, talk about now teams that actually are good. How do you feel about that? Sounds good. Okay. Fascinating situation um, because of the previously mentioned Thursday night football game, which is that I don't think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. And I think this is going to be Buffalo and or my and uh, sorry, Buffalo uh, and possibly Miami. And you look at this game versus Kansas City today and beautiful weather in Miami and Luke to me this is a fascinating game to see a how do the Dolphins look but b this is a game that if Kansas City wants to be the best team in the AFC and wants to be a dynasty what do you learn from Bill Belichick what can Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes learn from what Belichick Brady and Josh McDaniels did you take care of games like this early you get aggressive in the start, and you have a Miami team that's feeling good in the neighborhood. And what happens, Luke, when you feel good? You start playing up to your opponents. And when you play up to your opponents, you suddenly fall into, and this is not a trap game per se, but you let Kansas City hang around. And what did uh, Florida, uh, the University of Florida, find out last night? You leave LSU in the game, and LSU is going to upset you, and now your chance of, of uh, getting into the college football playoff is is uh, kaput. So uh, this is a very long way of saying that I really think that Kansas City is going to take the lesson from New England, come out, be aggressive, and put this game away early. Yeah, not a tramp game, but, but it, you know, as you kind of alluded to, I mean, you got the Saints next week, that's the big game. You have the Dolphins here, and... Uh, for me, when I look at this game, look, the Dolphins' defense has been really good this year. They've allowed the second fewest points, but they're really reliant on turnovers. And Mahomes, as we know, is when they turn the football over. When Mahomes has lost in his career, he has still scored, on average, 31 points per game in those losses. And the question for me is either, A, can the Dolphins' defense do something that very few teams have done, keeping Mahomes into, like, what, the team so that you have a chance to win? Or, B, can Tua do enough offensively where you're scoring in the 30s. I don't think either of those are a possibility today for Miami. I do like the Dolphins team, but I think today we'll see that they're not there. They're not ready to compete for the AFC just yet. It's a good story. Brian Flores is a good turnaround, but they're not on the Chiefs level. Even at home today, all that sort of stuff, you know, cold weather team coming down to the south, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I just don't think that the Dolphins defense, as good as it has performed this year, will be able to match up with Mahomes. And then most importantly, uh, even if the defense plays fairly well, I just don't think Tua uh, has, he hasn't impressed me enough that I think he could go out there and try to battle Mahomes even on a uh, you know, lesser day for Pat Mahomes. So I, I know the Chiefs are favored by seven. You know, like From a betting perspective, I think I'd even take the Chiefs to win by multiple scores. I think they handle Miami today. Minnesota-Tampa. And Luke, you have been watching football long enough to know this. On a doubleheader day, it is exceedingly rare for the network to send its A-team to the 1 p.m. game. They almost always end up at the 425 game. 
unless you have a very bizarre flex situation. This is not a very bizarre flex situation. You can make an argument that um, whether it's the, the, you know, most likely New Orleans Philly was where Joe and Troy were going. They're not. They are going to Tampa today for your Vikings against the Bucks. And to me, this is a gut check game for Tampa. Bunch of reporting this morning from Adam Schefter and from me and Rappaport that Bruce Arians and Brady wanted to play golf during the bye week to kind of hash things out. They weren't able to. There's public, there's, sorry, there's private reports of arguments. There's public reports of no, everything's fine. Um, as, as a Viking fan looking at this game, are you looking your chops thinking this is an opportunity? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm uh, certainly concerned because as a Vikings fan, I know that these are the games that, uh, you know, we really don't win. I mean, going up against performance aside, records aside, I mean, the Buccaneers are the better team. They're the more talented team. And then also, of course, you go up against Tom Brady. Uh, there's, there's an opportunity um, to, to uh, you know, to win a game like this for the reasons he kind of laid out. And when you look at the direction these two teams are going, the Buccaneers have lost three out of four. And the Vikings, what's amazing is that the Vikings started one and five. And if they win today, they will be ahead of the Buccaneers in the standings. And I think that speaks more to the season Tampa Bay has had. That a loss today, now suddenly you're behind the Kirk Cousins team that was one and five to start the year. That's how bad things have gone in Tampa. I think the bye week. I would think the bye week is important to try to get on the same page. Uh, but statistically, historically, the numbers show that a bye week this late in the season actually doesn't make much of a difference in terms of uh, win and loss records. Teams don't necessarily perform better after a bye week this late. Um, but I think it was important for Tampa to try to regroup. You mentioned, you know, potentially playing golf. I think back to Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan did not get along that first year, and they went out in the offseason and just got beers together and said, like, hey, we got to get the same page. we got to you know, familiarize ourselves with each other personally so we can work professionally. And then Matt Ryan came out the next year and uh, was the MVP, and so it's a similar thing with, with Buccaneers, but they need to figure this thing out. And um, they, the offense has not been as good. Tom Brady hasn't been as good. Since Antonio Brown came into the mix, they were better with Scotty Miller. Uh, when, when Antonio Brown's on the field, you know Brady has as many touchdowns as interceptions, and he's completing only sixty percent of his passes. But I'll say this: last two points. Number one, northern team that plays indoors now going outdoors in the south. It's supposed to be like 83, 81 degrees, something like that, in Tampa today. And the Vikings are uh, one and six in Tampa the last uh, about twelve years. They always play bad there because they can't handle the outdoor and warm weather. And number two, with that said. The Buccaneers have the number one rush defense, but over the past month, they have actually had one of the worst pass defenses. The Vikings, we know, love to run Dalvin Cook, but there could be an opportunity if Minnesota is not stubborn to allow Kirk Cousins to go out there and try to make some plays, and that's how you can beat Tampa. My concern is that Minnesota loves to run the football, and they won't give themselves the best chance to win today on the road. Let's take a break from the Sunday Sprint with Luke Morrow to talk about a very important <clears throat> subject, which is golf. Okay. Um, I, I think it's more important than football. Um, when you set foot on the first tee, what is your mindset? My mindset? It's just... Uh don't embarrass myself, especially at the first tee, because, you know, usually there's more people around in that area than when you're out in the middle of nowhere on, like, the 13th tee. So I'm just trying not to embarrass myself. Remember, you can always take lessons to get better at whatever your element 
is in the game that needs to get better. For more, visit pga.coach. Now back to the Sunday Sprint. How was that? That was good. They're not an official sponsor, but since I'm affiliated with them, I can throw that in there. All right, sounds good. (laughs) PGA.org as well to find the nearest PGA professional in your area to make yourself better at the game of golf and actually have belief that you can uh, play better no matter what your problem is, whether it's first tee jitters or bunker play or rough play or putting, whatever it is, a PGA professional can help you. Um, As you look at um, tonight's game, and the running joke, as you know, is we're actually waiting all day for Sunday night. Um, yes. And look, there could be snow in the air. And I do wonder what Washington and Baltimore have exposed uh, with Pittsburgh. And we know this is, the, this is the stretch run on a very long run. They desperately need a bye week. Um, and to get the one seed in the playoffs and to get themselves a week off or else they're going to have what? Uh, their bye wound up being in, what, week three or week four, something like that? Yeah, something like that, right. And if they don't get the bye, then they're playing every single week up until the the off week between the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. So this is long stretch run for Pittsburgh. They've had some ugly play, um, and and especially the the lack of a James Conner-led running game has been a problem. Buffalo, meanwhile, look, people are talking big about this Buffalo team. Luke... I still feel like they're playing with house money. Nobody, I think, fully realizes what Buffalo has. They know Josh Allen is a great two-dimensional quarterback. They know that Stephon Diggs has been a great asset to the offense. I don't think they realize how good the defense is. And I think you're still going to see, even though Buffalo's favorite two and a half in this game, it's essentially a home field, giving them the advantage. Um, I think that... There will be some, uh, including some players, who will still need more evidence. But I'm telling you, as a Jet fan, I've seen all the evidence that I need. This Bills team is good enough. I don't know who wins tonight. It may be Pittsburgh by a smidge. But I really think that this Buffalo team is going to be a hard out in the playoff. It's like that NBA team that's just annoying. It's like that Nets team from like two years ago that'll just take you to five or six games in an early round and it just forces you to play more game and tax your body, that's Buffalo. I don't think they're ready for, you know, to go to the Super Bowl, but I do think they're ready to annoy the living heck out of some people in the playoffs. Yeah, I think for Buffalo, it just comes down to Josh Allen. He's played really well this year, uh, much improved. Completion percentage has skyrocketed. I mean, his rookie year two years ago was at 52%, now it's at 70 um, Stephon Diggs has certainly helped that offense. And when you look at the Bills, you know, I mean, the rushing game hasn't been great. Singletary's been a disappointment. Zach Moss has been a disappointment. They're like 23rd, I think, in rushing. They're bottom 10. But they're scoring the fifth most points in the league per drive, and, and really because of the quarterback. Because when you look defensively, raw numbers may not be bad for the defense. They're okay. When you break down the Bills' defense per drive, which I think is the more telling stat, uh, they allow the third most uh, yards and, like, the seventh most points in the league. So... It's really come down to Josh Allen just playing well enough. My concern for Buffalo is come playoff time, has he taken a big enough step that I think he can win these big games and lead this team to the Super Bowl? I'm still not sure. I would lean no, but he has played really well this year. But I think back to last season, I mean, they were up 16 with about 18 minutes to go against Houston. Not, not a great Texas team. 
and he, you know, they blew that game. Uh, they couldn't do enough offensively. So, you know, my concern come playoff time for the Bills is is Josh Allen has he improved enough that he can go win a playoff game and kind of do it on his own if he has to. But with all that said, if it wasn't for that hail mary in Arizona, the Bills would be on a six game winning streak right now. So they're playing really good football. They get the Steelers at home, and as you alluded to, the Steelers are certainly wearing down. I mean, that's what we saw against Washington. The Steelers played a really good first half and were leading and then couldn't do anything in the second half. I think they just ran out of gas. You had that Wednesday game, then you come back on a short week on Monday. Now you have another short week on the road against a good Buffalo team, and uh, they're playing, what, three games in 12 days, I think it is. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the bye. The bye week was week four for the Steelers, but you know they spent that week preparing for the Titans. They didn't get word until midweek that, like, hey, actually, we're not playing this week. So they didn't get a full bye and now without Connor, and they lost Bud Dupree and you know, two of their best pass rushers on defense, um, this Steelers team is, is beat up from the last two weeks. Uh, I have defended them. I think they are a good team, but I think they could use a break just a week off. I don't know if they're going to get it. You know, it may be too late now at this point to try to uh, sharpen things at the end of the season here. Uh, I like Buffalo at home tonight to win the game. Everyone, you know, if the Bills win tonight, everyone will jump off the Steelers bandwagon if they haven't already. I still think this is a good Steelers team. They've just been through a bunch, especially over the last couple of weeks. Uh, And finally, Monday Night Football, Baltimore, Cleveland. Cleveland's at home. This is a huge game for Baltimore, who is reeling. They get Mark Andrews back, which is going to be a huge asset to them as he leaves the COVID-19 protocol as their outbreak finally seems to be diminishing Luke, I don't. Every week I say, "What do we think about Cleveland?" It's it's become a recurring segment, and then they go out last week, and while they held on, they absolutely dominated Tennessee early in that game. Dominated. It was what twenty four to three or something, twenty eight to three, thirty eight to seven. Yeah, thirty eight to seven. So they absolutely dominated them. Um, if Cleveland gets the ball first, I think they need a score, and they need to go up, and they need to go up fast. If not, this could be a long night for Cleveland because I think Lamar Jackson, for as not good as he is, is getting enough pieces. This is going to be a nervous, nervous stretch for Cleveland fans. You have a really good football team, but can you make it to Week 17 and get yourself in the playoff? That is – sorry, playoffs – I'm making it sound like the, like the college football playoff. Luke, do you think they are one of the best four teams, or are they destined for a New York Six Bowl? Uh, uh, sorry, New Year's Six Bowl. Um, <laughs> playoffs for Cleveland. Yeah, um, you know, I think this is only the fourth time ever, I think it is, that the Browns are playing the Ravens and the Browns have a better record. Um, yes, and it has been a rare commodity in recent times. Yeah, certainly. And the Browns are playing well, as you, as you said. I mean, they've won four in a row. Uh, Baker Mayfield himself has played well the last few weeks. Granted, he got a couple of bad defenses, but, but nonetheless. And the Ravens, on the flip side, are going in the opposite direction, having lost four out of six. I mean, they won against the Cowboys. That doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, and Lamar Jackson, as we've talked about the year, he's just not the same quarterback. I've never been overly sold on him. The offense has been as dynamic uh, this season. And the defense, well, the defense has performed well. The numbers have looked good. In the past month, the defense is bottom five and expected points allowed, so they've caught some breaks along the way. The defense hasn't been uh, hasn't been great. I think Cleveland wins this game. I think Cleveland certainly they have uh, figured out their identity and their recipe to victories. And it's you know normally uh, you rely on the ground game, have Baker do as little as possible, uh, have uh, the passing attack built off of play action, 
uh, keep the defense off the field as much as he can. I mean, this is what they did against the Titans last week, and uh, the defense played well in the first half. Baker made plays when they were there. They were able to run the football down the Titans' throat, and that's what allowed, has allowed the Browns to be successful this year. Uh, the Ravens, last I checked, the Ravens, I believe, are favored by three, which is way off on the road. That would mean the Ravens would be favored by nine at home. Uh, there's no reason they should be. Uh, so I'm going with the Browns to win. And I think Cleveland, at this point right now, they are the better team, as odd as that may be to uh, think. Luke, we have reached the end of our radio program. Oh, I know. Can't believe it's week 14 already, Luke. I know it. Season's going to be over soon. Yeah, don't remind me. Oh, I was expecting another aw. <laughs> well, yes, that as well. It's okay. We'll try that again next week. Um, <laughs> what's your game of the weekend? We actually have some good options this week. I'll go Sunday Night Football, Steelers, Bills. This is almost like a competition for the number two team in the AFC behind the Chiefs. I agree. I agree. What is your sleeper game, Mr. Morrow? Well, of the ones we haven't discussed, I'm going to go Cardinals-Giants. The Giants are a playoff team uh, somehow, and the Cardinals are that uh, eighth team in the NFC, one spot, uh, the tiebreaker, behind an uh, actual playoff spot. They have not played well. The Giants have played well. So both these teams, it's, it's an important game. They need to win today. Giants are surging. Well coached. Very much like yeah. that the, Very much like that net team I was talking about under Kenny Atkinson. Um, just annoying and they're going to be annoying for somebody and then they'll be dominated in the first round of the playoffs but that's okay uh with no Saquon Barkley uh Colts Vegas uh sorry Colts Raiders um I absolutely botched that name Colts Raiders um Philip Rivers and the company should just absolutely dominate Vegas they are not that good um if the Jets can almost beat them you know you 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 know where we're going with that. Um, the game left off during the U.S. Women's Open, currently in a um, weather delay. Stay tuned. Oh boy. Um, but it'll be on Golf Channel NBC. The U.S. Women's Open, seventy fifth United States Women's Open Championship from Champions Club in Houston, Texas. My game to watch golf during um, is I had it. Uh, Dallas, Cincinnati, you can't pay me to do that. You just can't. Can't. Uh, you stole my game. I always thought you were going to uh, have the honors of, of picking your jet. Uh, no, no, and- no. Sunset is 522 uh, Central Time, 622 Eastern. I'm going to have a chance to see the Jets blow it at the end. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. Um <laughs> Yeah, Cowboys Bengals. I mean, Andy Dalton against uh, whatever, what Brandon Allen, whoever it is. Two terrible teams. No thanks. Yeah, exactly. Watch out for Jacksonville. I think they contend today. Just, just watch out. And finally, the segment Luke never preps for: the player or person to watch today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me just go with. Uh, let me go with Tom Brady because the offense hasn't been crisp this year for Tampa Bay. Now they're coming off this bye. They're at home. They've been home for a month. They need this win today. They're going up against the young Vikings defense. It's just, uh, it's got the makings for a potential get-right game for Brady today. Can he actually do it? We'll find out. So I'll go Tom Brady. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, you heard that correctly. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think Tua is going to play very well. I think Fitz is going to come in and could give Kansas City fits. 
Well, I, you know, I think the Dolphins certainly stand a better chance with Fitz, so they, they should hope so. He is their better quarterback. He is their better option for sure. So that's just yeah. my two cents. Luke, thank you. We will see you next week. Sounds good. We will see all of you next week. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Enjoy your football weekend.